practice, jerk practice, sketch boys love to reminisce, yeah. Well, 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 how, well, everybody, blah, 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 blah. Well, my, my, my. What's that from? Oh, that's, can't, that's, that's, Conda. Conda? Anaconda? Anna Honda? That's, Henning, you gotta write Anna Honda. And speaking of, <laughs> uh, welcome to the Jerk Practice Podcast. As always, Hans Freiwald, and across from me we got Casey with the bassy. And unfortunately, Henning is uh, is fighting hurricane work right now. <laughs> Too many jobs, man. He's a he's a Wayne sketch. Oh my God! Yeah, you're right. He fell way. T- he had too many beef patties, didn't he? <laughs> it's that oxtail soup. <laughs> oh no! I had uh, one time. I had uh, like a ragu made with oxtail. It was delicious. A lot of cartilage. That's the deal. I was just yeah, like, I was gonna say it's little texture to me. Yeah, a little little sinewy. But like still, Ashley and I went to a uh, a, a very good Mexican restaurant um, when we still lived in New York. It was like Upper West Side or Upper East Side, like Midtown or something. Yeah, but they had like you know your standard Mexican food, but they had a lot of traditional like street fare from Mexico. Like tripey so we, stuff and like chicken feet and yeah. pig's ears. Sure, Arejo. Yeah, not not my bag. Uh, I gotta not tell an Andrew Zimmerman. Like I can't. Yeah, if it's got that gamey, like same thing with oxtail or like chicken neck. I've had turkey neck. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's throat. You can't like it's a foot. It's just you're like the the thing about all right. So as far as the ears, and you know, I don't. Uh, there was a minute where I was working at a restaurant where the chef was so creative, so I was trying a lot of stuff. But mm-hmm. also, as you know, you worked in restaurants. When you work like with really good chefs, the yeah, food yeah. they want to eat after they're done is like the most simple like home cooking oh, yeah. in the world. So we used to go, he's like this Michelin-rated chef, but we'd go around the corner to the dankest, rustiest tin shack of a taco truck and get these tacos. And they had like, you could get your tacos, you could get oreja, which is ear, or lengua, which is tongue. And, oh, lingua, th- lingua, and yeah. they like killed it. Like it didn't matter. Like, cause the, the woman that was in there was just Doing these like these unsavory meats for so long. Stewed tongues. It was Ugh. delicious though. Of course it was. But the issue is, uh, but I've had it the other way. Meg and I went to this restaurant in Queens that was Spanish for like when we finally asked the waiter, we're like, he was like, we're like, what does la basura mean? I think it was basura. He's like, it means the garbage can. <laughs> we're like, what? <laughs> We're like, uh, oh, good. Your restaurant's called The Garbage. (laughs) Right. So I was like. Is it uh, served on like a trash can lid, like Goonie style? Like when they're feeding sloth? Like what I assume are like pig's uh, eyes and tongues. It was like a like trailer parky place where I guess that's what they were like trying to mean. Maybe the translation was different because it was like. Mm -hmm. Hey. It was like a. like a trailer park where it had shit all over the wall. So I wonder if that's what it means. Like the everything oh, like, goes like the translation for trashy is just like, I love the translation. There's none of that little like, Oh, there's a little minutia. It's like you're trashy garbage. That's it. You, we got one, one word. word. It's garbage junk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they served me some garbage. So I was still in that like, 
I'll try stuff. So they served me a t- I ordered the tongue, and it was a fucking tongue. Flat out the organ sitting on a platter with some beans and rice on the side. But there's also, you're supposed to boil a tongue. And that's so fucking gross. You boil the tongue and that top layer of tongue skin comes off, which is like a thick layer with all the bumps. And it was all still on there. So it was like a taste buddy tongue. (laughs) So gross. See, if you're going to do that, like... I uh, that's like working like you and I have both worked in very nice restaurants. So just seeing it like it's very cool. Like, I don't know if etymology is the right word, but like the history of like food, like, oh, yeah. Why they have cooking Mm -hmm. is was created because it was for poor people to eat things like tongue and buttholes and try stomachs. Yeah. So they have to, you got to like spice it up. You got to like trick me. It's got to like have a lot of like, like, you just said, if you just literally give me like a cartoon, like a tongue on a plate, I can't, I, I just, I, it's like, I worked with a guy who he, he uh, like traveled South America and they went to this small village. I think it was in Peru, like in the mountains. And he was, he was like the novelty cause his. His fiance at the time was was from there, like from Peru. She was Peruvian. So he was just he's this big, tall, strapping, bearded white guy. So he's like such a a, like a commodity. Like he was such a like, oh, come. So he was like, I was fucking drunk for weeks on end because you'd go to this these small towns and they want to drink with Bigfoot, basically. Oh, so, I get it. Yeah, he, yeah. He he didn't really know Spanish a lot, so his like fiance would translate for him. And he was like, "There was one night, like you know, I can't say no because these people are taking care of us. We're staying with them, but they're like, they prepared a whole goat, and so they gave him the head. Oh yes, that's the, like that's a, the best honor. For, like, so he literally ate." face off of a skull <laughs> yes exactly and they're like no no the best part and he was like the best part he was like you gotta suck the eye out of the socket yes like, i've Jesus so Christ. seen that oh that's rough and they're, they're always like <laughs> it is the best part and the thing about it is like it's like with like uh like pigs like they always have like or Anyhow, they have cheek because cheeks are, are like oh, tender like and juicy. But like pork cheek, that's yeah. again, you have to trick me. But like in the like the places where it's, it's like you you, you got to go for it. They just fucking bite on that cheek like a goddamn zombie. There was this show. It's so disgusting and it doesn't have to be. And it didn't last long, even though it should, because the premise is like makes sense. There used to be this show. It lasted maybe half a season where it was just like, I don't know what the title of it was like cheap, but like it was guys (laughs) and gals who were super, super thrifty, like to a uh, mental disorder capacity. Oh, like compulsive, like coupon clipper. Type yes. People, like. Dig in the trash type people. And this one, this one person, this one guy was like cheap, but he was almost the worst. Like, and when I say he was the worst, that's saying a lot. Cause there was another guy who used to go out to eat at restaurants with his wife and only order like a Coke because he would just be scouting around the restaurant for people that left food on their plate. And before the server could get to it, he would go over and be like, hey, hey, 
can I grab that for my dog or can I grab that for the homeless? But it was just for him to just feast him? on people's leftovers. Oh, God. And now no, just put a pin in that because I have and maybe it's because I'm just an old man now and I've worked in restaurants too long. Like I understand like at a fancy restaurant, like yeah. cheapo servers like, oh, there's literally half of a chicken. Like, it's a shame to throw that away. Like, I get it. I understand it. Yeah. But you got to have some tact <laughs> if you're going to eat other people's leavings. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was at work last week, and they hired a bunch of new people, and they're all very nice, but they're all young. Sure. So it's this tall, so, like, he's like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. He's just kind of like, yeah, man. Oh, how's it going? Cool. So someone had gotten up from the bar and gone to a movie and they left this plate and they have this thing called Ohio nachos and it's literally potato chips slathered in that snotty stadium cheese and po- just sour cream like potato chips potato chips yeah. oh wow so it's the messiest fucking thing in the world of course and it just looks like a fucking used toilet when it's done because it's just slop <laughs> you gotta so have a people- thick cut potato chip don't you yeah Oh, you it's do. It's like a kettle chip. Oh, it's a Dakota style. It can support the. So, uh, like, I was doing something. I turn around to, like, take the plates off the bar and throw them in the, you know, dish pit. <laughs> Dude just comes out. He was walking to the bathroom, and it was like perfect timing because I turn as he's just like, <laughs> oh, and just bare hands a handful of food off of this plate, and then. <laughs> sucks his thumb and goes to the bathroom i was like you can't fucking do that in the middle of a fucking restaurant you can't just suck the food off the plate and he didn't want he didn't want it boxed up he didn't he just was like ooh. but this was already eaten the slop from the nachos that he ate yeah this was just the leavings this was what they couldn't stand to eat without like getting their hands dirty Meg and I were at Champ's Diner yesterday and we had nachos and there's those kind of dishes when they're left over, like anything chili cheese related. Yeah. Even if there's a few bites left over, like they just look so heinous. Like I would have probably gagged if I'd seen what you saw. I was, I was so, I, cause I couldn't fucking believe it. It was one of those things where it's just like in slow-mo and you're like, he's not gonna, (laughs) he just did a big old bite. Are you still in this then, nice? Yeah, just oh, back just walks way. casually. In this nice restaurant I worked at, it was tapas, so all the easier for these fiending servers. I was the bartender oh, to get leavings off because it was like, like, um, oh, what, what am I trying to think of? Like free fritters and stuff like that. So they would scrape all these off into one big plate. And the plate was kept in. Oh, um, God, stop! What it. am I thinking of? What's the cheese and ham balls together? Oh, like croquettes, a, a, a croquettes, croquettes. Yeah, yeah. So there was just this pile of things, like little croquettes, little croquettes and meats and things and pieces of octopus. And then it's even worse because it's a lot of different people's food piled up. But they kept the plate, and then they just go back there and take a little, like they're grabbing a peck bundy, grabbing a bonbon, take a little <laughs> suckle. <laughs> off this plate and uh but the plate was kept hidden in the corner because my chef wouldn't abide by that shit so they even had to hide it in the kitchen like he wasn't gonna have that like you can get in trouble one but it's like i'm sure Sure, he was disgusted by it like so they snuck it in the corner of where the dishwashing station is and i don't know if you worked in any restaurant 
the stink that emanates oh, from a dishwashing God. station because it gets it's you- all this food that gets scraped into a garbage with like water and beverages so it just creates it's a like, fucking swamp it's a cesspool yes. literally a cesspool oh so just seeing these people slurping down other people's food in the corner of a dishwashing oh, yeah, station I, oh it's that, gross the last place i worked at like was great amazing food the kitchen was fucking on point like they had all won a michelin star somewhere else like the the best you know best chefs in the city right and so and so it's like those places that breed the skeevers because the like the waiters you know not, can't necessarily afford to eat there every day of course so when i first started there was this unsaid agreement with people because there was and I love these guys that they're like classic like hobo tramp schemers. <laughs> sure. So they'll they'll leave. They would leave a table in the middle of doing something if I walked by with like a. It's like in the old cartoons where the the aroma lifts the hobo <laughs> up by the nose. These two guys would just like beeline if I like we had a steak for two, so it was this huge cut of meat, and there'd always be something left over. They would, you could feel them on your shoulder. They would follow you <laughs> into the kitchen and be like, uh, that to go? Or they would take a plate out of your hand, like, I knew that for you. Is this to go? <laughs> and, and if it was, they'd be like, Ugh. but if it wasn't, they're like, <laughs> come on, so bindle tramps. Like, there was this culture of it was okay. And the chef was okay with it to a point because he hated to see food get thrown away, but he's sort of like, uh, See, like, if I don't see it, it's not, I'm I'm not going to do anything. Right. But it escalated to this point where they did exactly like your restaurant, where they had, like, a communal slop to go container. A trough? That they would hide. So they had this hidden trough, and then it got to the point where there was one night where they had, like, two troughs. Like, it had escalated to two troughs. Getting greedy. Of like getting greedy. Sneaking. <laughs> instead of, like, sneaking it in the back or taking it home. Oh, God. They made, like, a little hobo tramp. Like, so we'd close the restaurant. We were in the <laughs> middle of, like, breaking down. And and the bartender was also a schemer like that, too. So it was these three hobos. They put down napkins. They had the silverware. And they were just eating... They had plates. They like replated all this garbage. It should and be like a Charlie like, Chaplin short, like half like closing, putting chairs up, and then come back for a, a little bite. <laughs> it's like that Eddie Murphy bit where he's singing while he's eating ice cream. Like they were so oh, happy. God. And then the chef like came in and was just like, "What?" They're like, "No, it's Kane." He was like, "All three of you, fuck you!" Like just fucking lost his shit because they were like, "He's like, if you can't see." What's wrong with this? You're fucked up. Right. I don't You're want using, you here. I don't want you to do this anymore. Like you, those privileges are gone because you took advantage and I don't want to watch you fucking hogs like nibble down the like lamb chop leavings. He was like, you're disgusting. This is disgusting. Don't <laughs> use my plates. Don't use my fucking silverware. Like, you're oh, gross. God, that's so good. That was a great, uh. Uh, it reminds me, there was a great show. It only lasted for a season. It was actually like a Judd Apatow show called Undeclared. Yeah. And there, there was an actor in there, and you pretty much see all these guys from that show are very successful now. Charlie Hunan, Jay yep. Bierischel, Seth Rogen. Yep. Uh, there's, uh, um, uh, who's the comedian who's like the biggest comedian in the world? 
um, geez, um, little short, oh, little tiny guy. I can't remember now. But Black I, guy. Oh, uh, uh, Kevin Hart. Thank you. <laughs> I had to. I, I don't know why I shied yeah, away from to, that. I don't know why I me. couldn't just. You would have gotten into the heartbeat. You got to dish it. Uh, but um, one guy who I don't see anymore was the funniest person on the show. He was like this, like he was like the Kramer, like friend. the goofball guy, not goofball, but like just the the doofus that had all the great ideas. And he got he landed this. The show is based in a college with all these slackers, and he landed this gig in working the college cafeteria. Oh. And he was so happy about this gig because he could eat all the leftover food. So the the protagonist of the show, Jay Birichel, is like, all right, that seems pretty sweet. He gets a job in the cafeteria. He needs it. His friend, this guy, gets him the job. I can't think of his name. but I, And he's like, shows him this trick about eating the food. He's like, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> and then the cold tag of that episode, spoiler, is he's like, Jay Birichel's like... <laughs> He's like, see, I'm into it. And he takes a bite of somebody's hot dog. He's like, dude, dude, don't, don't. He's like, why? And he lifts his shirt and he just has this giant <laughs> boiled <laughs> rash down his, his body. Oh, it's so good. Oh, that's right. Because that was the escalation is like, because his character, like they were all the perfect archetypes. Like Seth Rogen was the nerd. Yeah. And then Charlie Hoonan was the like hot like actor dude yep and jay Birichel was the every man man. yeah and then this character was like the fucking the booger scummer like from across the tracks like his parents were dirt bags he was kind of a dirt bag yeah and so like that was the escalation was just him getting sicker that whole episode because he (laughs) just starts and he's like hey man you just eat out of the and he's you know jay is like gagging he's like oh you can eat off the other end and just flips the hot dog (laughs) so good that show yeah that show uh yeah if if anybody out there hasn't watched it it's definitely worth a a watch um have you to tie it with like fat guy like dinners and like kevin hart have you watched it have you watched that dave chappelle's special he has it's like a couple parts yeah i watched it i watched actually i only thought it was one part and then somebody was telling me jokes and they're like what you didn't think that one was funny i was like i don't i what did i miss all these jokes because there's two specials yeah so i recently just went back and watched the second one yeah i just saw part one but that i loved chappelle's story about meeting kevin hart because his son Oh yeah, loves Kevin Hart. So he's like, I do comedy too, motherfucker. You know, like, <laughs> and when they go in the back, and he's like, you know, you know, someone's successful when you see that green room. And he was talking about the spread that Kevin Hart had. He's like, it was like a fucking Thanksgiving dinner. And so Kevin Hart's like, you guys want any food? And you know, Dave's like, no, I'm good. He's like, then my son says, yeah, thanks. And like, tucks in his like <laughs> napkin and is like chowing down on all this food. He's like, slow down. <laughs> That's so good. Like you've never eaten before. I forget. Did I just, did I pin that for some reason? I feel like I pinned it. We were talking about a show called Cheap. And it was Thank like you. some scummer living on the thrift. All right. So like I was saying, the guy I told you about was a guy that showed up and like pretended he had an issue with, or had a dog or was going to feed the homeless, but he just took all this people's food and the show is a reality show. It cuts to his wife like... He does this all the time. I'm so embarrassed. And I was like, I've got to fucking leave this guy. But this guy That's wasn't the worst guy. offense, in my this, opinion. Like, yes. <laughs> you eat by yourself. You may be awesome at home. You may be really funny, great in the sack. But if we go out to dinner and you're like, uh, one Coke, please. 
scouting the room. It's like, <laughs> I can't take it. I can't fucking take it. So I say this, I, I mentioned this guy because this isn't the guy I'm getting to. He's not the worst guy. And you'll feel like this guy's gross. He's being cheap. He's being this and that. And he's taking strangers food. Um, the next person, and she's not the worst. And you'll be like, what do you mean? She's not the worst. This woman was so cheap. And I felt so bad for these people. Cause they were like, yeah, we know she's cheap, but the way, you know, reality shows still mm-hmm. have to create a narrative. So she invites these work friends over and she's like, <laughs> she's like what they do <laughs> for dinner. She invites yes. them over for dinner. <laughs> I hope she spoke to the camera with the back of her hand to her mouth like you're doing. <laughs> what they don't know. So she invites them for dinner and back of the hand to the camera is like, <laughs> these people, what they don't know is all their food will be from the garbage. <laughs> That's worse than finding out. It's like. Oh, I thought these were actual oysters. Oh, these are goat testicles? Oh, I would have liked to know, but it's like, this is actually hospital garbage. So she goes, digs through the garbage. She lives in New York. I believe it was at the time a Whole Foods. So she gets this food and she shows she's got a system. What is that called? Like Dumpstegan or Trashitarian? Like there's a name for it. Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Oh, what is it? Like Recycla... Fuck, I can't think of it. Hobo. Trash, trash a Tegan. Yeah, exactly. Uh, sewer bindle tramp. is what it's called. Sewer person. No. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, I guess that's a spicy name. Uh, but anyway, so she gets this stuff in the trash <laughs> and she does it responsibly. She finds like a bag of oranges and she's like, this one's moldy. But they threw out the whole bag because the mold didn't transfer over and I wash them and you don't even eat the rind. And then she goes, she finds sushi and she's like, this isn't expired. This expires tomorrow, but they have to throw it out a day early. So it's okay. So she serves these people. These people come over. They see her apartment and they're like. I guess we they talk to the camera because she gives them a tour. (laughs) And she does the meal look like it sounds because it sounds like. My five-year-old decided to make dinner. Right. A handful of Cheez-Its, a half a glass of milk. It's Yeah, exactly. The, the cuisine doesn't go together, but it's all on plates now. And she's like, cut the rot off cheese and stuff. But first they take a tour of the house. And I can't believe they decided to eat there after this because they go through and they're like, yeah, so we knew she was thrifty, but we didn't know. She's thrifty. like, she's got a, you know, she doesn't pay for gas. Or like light, so she's got candles and she has doesn't have a stove, but she has like she cooks over like a Bunsen burner or something. And uh <laughs> and but the weird thing is is they're like the bathroom was too much. And I was like, What's wrong? What's going on with the bathroom? And the bathroom, she refuses to buy toilet paper, so she just uses rags. And then oh. washes the rags. So she has like a pile of rags that have been used oh, and rags? laundered. <laughs> shitty rags. And then a plastic bag where you put the used rags to be recycled. No and way. No fucking way. You are not my friend anymore. And she you doesn't, are not my friend anymore. She doesn't have water in the toilet. She doesn't have the toilet hooked up. So you have, to, soup? you have to use a, like a, a bucket Your of water spit? to flush the toilet. <laughs> and... um. So they still decide to eat there and they're like, that's like, but then, then she tells them and they're like, she's like, so everything you, everything you've eaten 
was from a dumpster. And they're all like, literally one guy like has like something in his mouth and he like spits it into his hand. It's like, oh my God. And I say this because again, she's not the worst. The what worst I didn't tell you is the plates are reconstituted buttholes. <laughs> exactly. It's like, exactly. Uh, it's like my thing with the toilet is like, you know, it's the side, like the wall, like number two, you drop it down. Number one, just piss in the tank. I need some liquid in the back. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so the reason I say that number so one and number two aren't the worst <laughs> is because they're the, they might be the grossest. That's true. Mm-hmm. But the worst is the cheapskate that is the mooch cheapskate. And that's this guy. Because he doesn't rely on strangers and lie to them to get their food. He's not a grossy, self-serving bum or cheapskate. He's the guy that knocks on his neighbor's door and is like, Hey, just want to let you know, don't throw your soap slivers away. Because I use them. I put them in an old pantyhose and I clump them together and it's like a good bar of soap so don't throw it away and he goes to the neighbor's house and then he goes to the neighbor's house he's like hey i was wondering if uh i'll clean your living room if you let me keep any of the change i find and it's just like and he made pen pals this is the one where it's getting back to the goat head is he these poor saps online like he goes into chat rooms free ones and he uses the neighbor he went to the neighbor and was like look we're both paying for internet we can cut the difference if we just use yours. So he's doing that. So he cuts these people's bandwidth in half. I'm going to pay you for carrot stubs. That's <laughs> what I'll, we'll trade you. <laughs> exactly. So he finds these unwitting people that live like an hour. It's in California. They live like an hour away. And he's like, they don't know it, but we became friends. And they said, anytime you want to visit, go ahead. They don't know it, but I'm leaving today on my bike. So he drops in on these people and says, like, oh, didn't you no. say I could stay? And he's like, don't worry, I'll earn my breakfast. Bike's over. He's like, it's a free vacation. Stays at their house. And he's like, and I'm going to cook you the best meal you've ever had. Goes to the butcher, looking at all these fine cuts of meat, going, by the way, this is change he's found in the neighbor's living room. Goes, too rich for my blood. What do you got in back that you're going to throw away? So he gets like rib bones and the skull and then serves it to these people. Oh, and he goes to a, a fishmonger too. And he gets like, he's like, you got any, like, he gets like old eels that they were going to throw away. Old so he eels? serves them like, like bull Expired skull eels? and eels. It's like Indiana Jones in the Temple Good of Doom. God. In a We're nice not monsters, l- <laughs> exactly. We're getting bones and snakes, and he's like, he's like, I served them, I served a meal for them and their kids and me, and it cost me a dollar and twelve cents. And then they talked to the family, and they were like, "What was it like having Gary come surprise you?" They're like, "It was a surprise." And by the way, he used all of our supplies to cook that meal. So, like, he brought a bull skull and eels, but he used, like, all of their baking supplies and, like, opened <laughs> like, a bottle of their wine. <laughs> that doesn't count. You can't, like, well, I got all this for a dollar fifty, and then cook a fucking porterhouse and just set the calf skull on top and be like, what I did was a buck fifty. And that's why I say he's the worst, because the first person, he's a stranger in a restaurant. You get a laugh out of it. You never have to see him again. The second person, 
the moment I walked into that apartment, I would have turned around and walked away and not eaten yes. anything because, but you nevertheless, you never you have to go tell. back. Yes, of course you can I've tell. I've lived in apartments where it, you, you walk in and you're like, yeah, I'm not going to eat anything here. No, God. I'll hang out. I've had neighbors give, I've talked about this, neighbors give me a plethora of leftover Thanksgiving leavings and I they might they were fine people but they weren't the cleanliest people and even if they were it's just not I just it's mm -mm, the, no leftovers no thank you it's like we had talked about earlier on the other podcast I'm gonna plug it have a good night court yeah we talked about corn nuts yeah and it's just like that food you see it and you're like yeah and it's gonna taste it's gonna have a taste yeah that it may not may or may not have and like I'm going to feel it in my mouth. It's feed. Yeah. Uh, and I say the third guy's, so you can just avoid her. It's your prerogative. But the third yeah, guy, yeah. if that guy's in your life, there's no fucking getting away from him in a mile yeah, radius. Because he'll find you and go like, hey, can I use the phone? It's long distance, but I'll keep it short. Hey, can I wash your car for $5? It's like, get the fuck away from me, you freak. Because, yeah, it's on that sliding scale. It's like... What is it like? A hobo is someone who travels for work, right? And a and a tramp is just oh, a yeah. scumbag. Yeah, or a, a tramp or a, a bum. Bum. That's it. Bum. A bum. Yeah. It's like hobo. Hobo is like the go getter. The tramp is lazy, will work, but like whatever. And a bum is just straight up this guy. This guy's a fucking bum. Speaking of bums, and that's why he's work. Oh god. Speaking of bums, transition time. I got I got a game we talked about last week. If you're ready to play it, I'm ready. Let me see. Hold on. I got. Let me. Uh, I got a. Uh, I got a theme song. I'll probably drop it in, but I'll play it now just to get us warmed up. Oh wait. Oh sorry. That son of a bitch never works. <laughs> there we go. Here we go. Man, son of a. <clears throat> oh, perfect. Wait a minute, what did he say? Something about all women are gay. Hold on now, <laughs> man, what did he write? Something about Asians loving to fight. Wait, what did he say? Welcome to the German Day Parade. Was it a Trump? Toot, or was it a grizzard grunt Trump? Toot, or was it a grizzard grunt Trump? Toot, or grizzard grunt? <laughs> it used to be tweet, but Grizz died young. <laughs> so, we were talking about... It. Channel the little Devo. It sounds very Devo-y. Oh, yeah. I was trying to make it like 20s-ish. Uh, Works. Um, so, the game we talked about last week, just a little mm. setup, was... We found, we discovered that what was once a jokeal, jokeal, jovial yeah. joke, uh, a old southern dandy. I will, I will post this, do the grizzard segment oh. that I said you would do. I didn't do it because I was like, oh, Henning won't be there. But you will drop that in after you set it up. We'll have our little grizzard back moment. Oh, you're going to send it to me. I'll send it to you, and you can drop it in the podcast. All right. We got a lot of drops. We're getting it together. A lot of edits. A lot of edits in this one. All right. Here we're going to do uh, do my little hot take Hansi here, doing Lewis Grizzard. Didn't read anything before this. I'm just going to dive right in. 
And I, of course, put it into Google and it comes up and, oh, yeah. No, Hansi wasn't kidding. That's, he's a, this is a call for it. He's a, looks like a California brother for sure. Uh, anyways, so we're going to dive into it. Again, this is uh, Casey and I'm going to do a little bio on Lewis McDonald Grizzard Jr. He was born October 20th, 1946. And lived until March 20th, 1994. He was born in Fort Benning, Georgia, United States, and he died in Atlanta, Georgia. Damn, he was only 47. Well, uh, as I said, Louis Grizzard Jr. was an American writer and humorist known for his Southern demeanor and commentary on the American South. Although he spent his early career as a newspaper sports writer and editor, becoming the sports editor of the Atlanta Journal at age 23. It's pretty young. Kudos, Grizz. He is uh, much better known for his humorous newspaper columns in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. He was also a popular stand-up comedian and lecturer. Oh, boy. Grizzard also published a total of 25 books, including a collection of his columns, e.g. Chili dogs always bark at... Ah, it's a fucking dad joke. It's poop. It's all butthole stuff with you, Grizzard. Chili dogs always... Dogs, D-A-W-G-S, dogs... Always bark at night. Expanded versions of his stand-up comedy routine. I haven't understood anything from anything since 1962, which we heard excerpts from. And the auto- autobiographical, if I ever get back to Georgia, I'm going to nail my feet to the ground. God, these all sound great. Although much of his comedy discussed the South and Grizzard's personal and professional lives, it was also a commentary on issues prevalent throughout America, including relationships between men and women. Uh, Reference his book, If Love Were Oil, I'd Be a Court Low. Politics and health, especially heart health. Grizzard Grizzard was also the stepbrother to Southern humorist Ludlow Porch. Ooh, damn, that's some Southern Ludlow Porch. All right, dip into the biography. This is also uh, kudos of... on behalf of Wikipedia. Thank you, good people at Wikipedia. Grizzard was born in Fort Benning, Georgia. His father, Louis Grizzard Sr., a soldier in the United States Army, left his mother, Christine, a schoolteacher, when Louis was young, and the mother and son moved to Christine's parents in Moreland, Georgia, where Louis would spend the rest of his childhood. Grizzard would recount often frustrating relationship with his father in My Daddy Was a Pistol and I'm a Son of a Gun. He uh, <clears throat> he began his early writing, publishing stories of his little league team in nearby Noonan Times Herald in Noonan, Georgia. I'm I'm sorry, but this these all sound so fucking boring. At me saying that as a guy who spends his time recounting stories of being drunk, uh, Grizzard attended the University of Georgia in Athens, uh, Georgia, where he was a member of the Sigma Pi fraternity and the Gridiron Society. What the fuck is that? We'll click on that. It sounds interesting. Gridiron Society, founded in 1908 as a secret society at the University of Georgia. Gridiron has been called the highest honor a male student may receive at the University of Georgia campus. Oh, what the fuck? Sounds like butt stuff to me. Gridiron is believed to draw most of its membership from students, faculty, alumni, university, yada, yada, yada. Where's all the creepy shit? Uh, the society's name is believed to be in reference to the playing field on which football is played. However, qualification for membership and activities known only to the members. Ooh. Kissing. A lot of kissing. 
All right, so yeah, he was in the Gridiron Society. During his time in Athens, he became uh, an avid Georgia Bulldogs fan. He studied journalism, and he uh, shunned the school's newspaper in favor of the independent Athens Daily News. Before graduating with an ABJ in journalism, Grissard moved to Atlanta, Georgia, joining the Atlanta Journal and becoming the youngest ever executive sports writer of the journal at age 23. The executive editor of the journal, Jim Minter, said that Grissard stayed there. He would have... Uh, be remembered today as one of the great newspaper editors of the 20th century. His time there included uh, the Marshall University football team tragedy and the journal's coverage of Hank Aaron's 715th home run. All right. Uh, Grizzard uh, became executive sports editor for the Chicago Sun-Times, which he would later recall as the most miserable period in his life. His tenure included controversy including the removal of several newspaper columns written by Lacey Banks. Oh, you went after a lady? The Sun-Times' first African-American sports columnist from the newspaper, which which resulted in Banks charging him with, oh, racism against Grizzard. It led to Banks' subsequent firing. Spicy, Grizz. The first African-American sports columnist you got out of the fucking iced? All right. I'll uh, just skimming ahead. Uh, so Grizzard gets married and divorced twice in this time. Uh, ooh, racism stuff. Although the newspaper editor, Jim Hogue, supported Grizzard, a federal arbiter, uh, reinstated Banks, and he criticized Grizzard as racially insensitive. Grizzard, for his part, contended that the arbiter did not understand the newspaper business, and he pointed out that he had replaced Banks with Tom Greer, a writer who was also an African-American. Grizzard felt this invalidated any charge of racism. Uh, what about sexism, Grizz? When Chicago radio announced... Sympathy for Grizzard said that Grizzard had pronounced guilty by geography. Grizzard was also divorced for a second time while living in Chicago. Grizzard's career as a newspaper man in Chicago is recalled in If I Ever Get Back to Georgia, I'll Name My Feet to the Ground. All right. Ooh, there's some. Grizzard often drew criticism for his disparaging remarks about gay people and feminists. Surprising? No. And his dislike for the New South and his reflections on the Old South. Just of his youth where he freaked. Oh, God. Old South? That word is just sounds terrible. Nevertheless, he was extremely popular in the South and enduring uh, popularity across the nation because of his perceived humor, humanity, patriotism, and old-fashioned values. That's always a disgusting sizzle word. That permeated his writing. His fre frequent bewilderment by socio-cultural trends in the 1980s and 90s struck a chord with many baby boom readers. Ah, again? All right, Grizz. Grizzard refused to use computers, of course, writing his column <clears throat> or book on a regular typewriter. When I write, I like to hear some noise, he said. Great. Uh, oh, Grizzard made an appearance on the sitcom Designing Women in an episode called Oh Brother, which first aired at 18th of January, 1998, Grizzard played the role of Clayton Sugarbaker, half-brother to Julia and Suzanne Sugarbaker. Clayton was uh, was a former mental patient aspiring to be a stand-up comedian. Oh, gross. Grizzard uh, had a troubled life, battled alcoholism, going through three divorces. He was voted the author from hell at a publishing convention for his behavior on book tours. He suffered from a congenital heart defect, a valve problem. In his own words... There are three little leaflets that controlled the flow of blood to my heart. I was born with only two of these leaflets. Uh, it was just after the Great War, so there were many 
so there may have been a shortage. I got it. Either that or my daddy didn't get a good toehold. All right. It's about fucking your mom. Anyways, uh, we go sometime after marrying his fourth wife. Grizzard died of complications from his fourth heart valve surgery. Grizzard suffered brain damage, according to one report. Lack of oxygen to his brain. Uh, he had survived. He would have been a, uh, if, if if he had survived, he would have been quite impaired. In accordance with his wishes, his body was cremated, and some of his ashes were scattered at the fifty-yard line at the Sanford Stadium at the University of Georgia. The typewriter used to author his columns about the Atlanta Braves in nineteen ninety-one, worst to first season, is on display at the Library of University in Georgia's Gracie College Journalism and Mass Communications. Grizzard never fathered a child. He did adopt Jordan, the daughter of his fourth wife. A Lewis Grizzard Museum, oh really, uh, features some personal effects and professional memorabilia, such as his typewriter, is now opened in Moreland, Georgia, originally housed in a gas station by a fan. Oh, ah, got it. Used to be in a gas station. Has been moved to the new two-story museum complex, formerly Moreland Mill. Uh, so far, there doesn't seem to be any webpage for the museum, and Grizzard's personal webpage no longer exists. A fitting end, I'm, I'm afraid. So that was the brief... Not maybe not brief enough. Life of Lewis Grizzard Jr., member of the Gridiron Society, hater of people of color and women. All right, we're doomed. So you just heard about Lewis Grizzard, and that's why we came up. If you listen to last episode with this game, Trump tweet or Grizzard grunt. The issue is, as you heard in the bio, Grizzard didn't make it to tweet times. So it's been changed to Trump toot or Grizzard grunt because it just deals with what did they say, type, write, whatever. And I have some. You ready to play, Case? Ready. All right. Here we go. Is this a Trump treat, tweet or a, a Trump toot or a Grizzard grunt? If I were starting off today, I would love to be a well-educated black because I believe they do have an actual advantage. Trump toot toot or grizzard grunt? It sounds folksy. I'm going with grizzard. It's a Trump toot. No! It's not a grizzard grunt. Damn it. One in the hole. All right. That sounded like back in my day. All right, I got to rethink my strategy. It did. It did. I agree. Um, let's see. Oh, all right. This might be too easy, but why don't they make golf? Oh, excuse me. There we go. Why don't they make golf courses for women? They could take all day playing and nobody would give a damn. Trump tweet. Or is it a grizz or true toot? Or is it a grizz or grunt? TT. It's a TT. It's a grizzard grunt. Damn it! You are uh, over two. You got two. me with the golf course. I know. I was. I was tricking you there. I was tricking skilled, you there. Skilled quiz master. Oh yeah. All right. Let me see. Trump toot or oh, grizzard grunt? Um. Okay, I got one. All right. Trump toot or grizzard grunt? When a man leaves a woman, especially when it was perceived that he has left for a piece of ass. A good one. There are 50% of the population who will love the woman who has left, was left. Who loves the woman who was left. Should I repeat that? I will. When a man leaves a woman, especially when it was perceived that he has left for a piece of ass, a good one. 
There are 50% of the population who will love the woman who was left. Trump. Tweet. Or is it a grizzard grump? I keep saying tweet and not toot. Trump. You got it. That's a Trump yeah. toot. Woo. One for that two. Was, that was clutch. I, grizzard was tripping off the tongue. I got, yeah, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Uh, let me see. Uh, oh, all right. See if I can get back to 500. I got you. We're going to get you up. I have a great relationship with the blacks. I've always had a great relationship with the blacks. Trump. Yeah, that's that was you're you're on 50-50. 2 for 2. Because of the it was because the first one was blacks. I was like, "Okay, that's he's using it. That's oh, his yeah. go-to." Boy, I got uh All right, here since that one was quick, I'll go with another one that's quick. Uh Yep. Racism is such a convenient excuse. Grizz. You got it. You're up. Back. I'm back. You're back, baby. We got a. All right. Two, five. Five will decide. You're, you got five. So let's see. Because uh, I'm two and two. If I can get one up. You're three. And, you're, if, I, aren't you three and two? Am I? No, I missed the first two. Uh, how many questions are we on now? I don't know. Now I'm I'm losing it. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll hit you with two more. Two right. more. And then, but believe me, these were not hard to come up with. So this game can go on <laughs> for a long, simple. long time. We got to see if I can do better than Henning or Henning can best me. In toot versus grunt. Oh, God, this one's so good, but I know you're going to get it, but that's all right. Trip, Trump tweet or grizzard grunt? Who the F knows? I mean, really, who knows how much the Japs will pay for Manhattan property these days? I'm going to go Trump? Yep, that's a Trump toot. Okay. That is a fucking president of the United States using the J-A-P word. Jesus. Sounds like John Wayne in a 40s war movie. That was, he was talking to the Time magazine in 1989. Um, let's, oh my God, he was in relation to the question was, uh, Trump was asked to give an estimate of his total wealth. And he said, who the F knows? I mean, really, who knows? Uh, right. How did he pivot into racism? That had nothing to do with any race, but himself. And is that even, that's not even a real trope. The Japanese buying, right? The most eighties is trope. Is it when Japan was booming? Like the all right, because they were like there was that thought that Japan was going to overtake America. Oh, which their economy has slowed to a point now, and like I think it had to do with the the electronic manufacturing. Like has pivoted. Like Korea makes a bunch of stuff. China makes a bunch of stuff. All right. Well, Trump Trump was riding that wave. He was. The JAPs. All right, this is hard. I wanna, I wanna stump ya. All right. All right, I got it. I get letters from people who say, "What have you got against women? What could I possibly have against women? I've married three of them." Oh, see, this is pre knowing Grizzard's background. Oh yeah, Trump. To Grizzard Grunt. Ah! 
Oh, God damn it. Of course. They both had three marriages. Of course. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. And there's so many more. So I think you ended even Steven. There's so many more, but I guess I should save them. Save them. All right. You got to get Henning in the hot seat. It's hard, but it's not. It's hard. It's hard, but I mean, it's hard to save them, but it's definitely not hard to have plenty. Ugh. And I didn't even use, you know, I got I to gotta prop, give Henning. Henning set us up in motion for these. And I got to tell you, I didn't even have to uh, use any of the ones he sent. Like, you look it up. I was so surprised because in today's day and age, you know, I have to, like, work on stuff. And it's so easy to find, like, an intro quote or something because you just put Hemingway quote. You get a million. Yeah. and But you put Grizzard quote. And Grizzard has been so softened by his fans or by his internet persona. Like, you put in a Grizzard quote, and it's like, you know, things like, you can lead a turkey to water, but you can't lead it to gravy. That's mine. That's oh, trademark. That's mine, trademark. But it's soft ones like that, where you're like, <laughs> open an actual soft Grizzard, one. and you'll see what he really thinks about <laughs> turkeys. <or> the Japanese. <laughs> yeah. But how crazy is that? Imagine it. And you, you're you an educated guy. And look at how many, look at where you ended up. Yeah. A folksy, idiot Southern writer with the President of the United States. And we could, uh, by the way, a folks, a guy that was writing them in 1985. His views in 85 are the same as the President of the United States in 2017. Jesus. Trump toot. They're forever bound. God. He was hot right when... Trump was popping off. I bet, yeah, Trump was reading how The Art of Business and How to Get Naked. And I naked. and the Beatles ruined America or whatever the hell is. <laughs> I still love about. that. Of like of all of the music groups. Even in the mid eighties. Right. Yeah. Like what about all the glam rockers? Kisses around. They're fucking dressed like demons and monsters and shit. Nah, it's the Beatles. I wonder if it was like his masculinity thing is that like could that be why because the beatles are quote unquote like not men like they're not hmm. elvis elvis is like a elvis fucks and he's a knows karate and like whereas the beatles are like european artists i that might be it because grizzard but you look at did you see the picture i posted of grizzard yeah grizzard doesn't look like Elvis, that's for sure. Not that anybody does, but he also doesn't look like he doesn't look like the stereotypical Southern guy that you would expect these grunts to be. You'd expect a grunting Southerner, but he's not. He looks like fucking uh, God. What is he? He looks like Blair Titsi. I shouldn't use. He looks like uh, <laughs> he he looks like uh, uh, um, Scott Thompson. In reading oh, glasses. God, yeah, of course. Yeah. Just, he, he just looks like an intellectual, like a nerdy 80s intellectual, potentially like a closeted. But those are the ones who beat the drum the most. They carry the banner because it's like a persona. Like those are the people who are obsessed with like the, you know, the cla- like a ca- classic cowboy or that idea of like right. the rugged southern gentleman. It's like because you're not one. Right. You're from the south, but you'll never be clark gable like you'll never be you know like andrew jackson you won't be these like like the people that you put on this pedestal 
Yeah, they're and they're the real mouthpieces of this hate. That's why when people's like you see the that uh the month ago or whatever, the white supremacy, the uh the oh, rallies yeah, or whatever, yeah. and they're like, No, those are the guys that are fucking eating food off the plates. Those are your servers. They look normal. Those are like the real yeah. mouthpieces of hate that are online spread and all those are the grizzards writing books. I love like we talked about it the last podcast, like when they get caught and they're like, I didn't it's not fair that I got fired. It's like right. No, it is very fair. You're a despicable you human awful being. Shit. Exactly. And these people are going to find out where you work and where you like what college you attend and let everybody know that you're a piece of fucking trash. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, no, you didn't just like slip and say something stupid. You made an effort. You bought plane tickets. You built a a website to Uh, say this shit. Like it took effort. It wasn't like you were like, oh, I said an off color joke. Like I no, there's a lot of effort. And that's the thing. It's the fucking effort. That's why everybody's so fucking pissed at you, because you fucking, that's all you think about. Yeah, oh my god, you're obsessed with it. It's fucking scary. It's just so, that's the, like, talk about Grizzard wanting to be a cowboy. These guys are just so insecure about so many aspects of their life that they have to attach to an extreme. And what's the only thing that's going to make them powerful is white supremacy, because you see the white supremacists that actually became... Well, they became infamous, but actually acquired any power. And they're all skinny, preacher-like looking uh, Hitlers. You know what I mean? Like, look at Hitler. Skinny, faint, like, yeah, chinless, like, just receding hairline goon. But if you're one of them, if you have those genes, the only thing you can aspire to to is that, because at least he got power. You don't look Uh, like a Nordic myth like you're right. just a fucking slug you're just a fucking wormy little fuck yeah garth ennis always has it best when he shows like white supremacists he or steve dylan right steve dylan anime yeah. uh uh illustrated always, everything yeah he always drew them exactly like they should be just that like dimple chin bald yeah. exactly just gross bald neck yeah because they don't take care of themselves they're too busy uh wallowing in their own self-pity Someone else's fault. It's your fault. I, this would be a good transition to uh, a, a new sketch, but what, we should cold tag it. Coldy tag it. Coldy tag. talk about it. It's coming. It is coming. We got it's a, a new number called Confederate Phone. Confederate Phone. <laughs> it's <laughs> uh, in the spirit of us putting two funny words together and making <laughs> concepts from things that already exist. We have a lovely sketch that we talked about called Confederate Phone a la Knight Rider parody in which instead of a car being embodied by a super intelligent uh, crime-fighting uh, cyborg. What was his name in uh, Kit. Boy Meets World? Mr. 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 Feeney? Mr. Feeney. That's the voice. Kit's Mr. Feeney. Bullshit. Yeah. No way. Yeah, Kit is Mr. Feeney. My chemical romance. (laughs) (laughs) That's an old sketch you guys can check out on Jerk Practice, our Facebook page at jerkpractice.com. Monster Energy Drink Party? Yeah, it's a fake uh, political party. Not as fake. It's not as crazy as the the people we have in power now. 
but I'd say what actually happened. Yeah, it's the dumbing down of a political party based on people's love for garbage, like corn nuts and Monster Energy drink. But we offer a lot of of things that people lapped up, just like Trump offered weird shit to people, and for whatever reason they believed he would deliver on them. Like, uh, I don't know, more coal mining jobs. As I've heard other people, comedians say, <laughs> well, like, I mean, who wants I, a coal mining who job? Who wants to do it? Like, it's death sentence. God. Uh, so uh, so we have that coming. It's a Knight Rider parody, Confederate phone. I guess Confederate it's phone. not the worst thing to set it up where it's a, it's a, uh, a, a another device come to life. Not a car, but a phone. And instead of a Feeny coming into play, it's uh, one of our one of our nations. It's it does transfer what we're talking about. One of our mm-hmm. nation's great generals, Robert E. Lee, cut down to Arlie. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have you know he wasn't a racist. Uh, God, maybe do we go into it or should we? Should we just do it? Should we should just do it? Let's. Just I can do find it. something. I can find something to maybe we'll, maybe it'll be so bad <laughs> in our attempt <laughs> that we'll have to do it again. Uh, that is not entirely off the table. Nothing beats, by the way. If you want to know how, not that uh, uh, I'm putting a Steinbeckian X effort into these things, but if you want to know how dumb your ideas and writings are when you post them, there's an option to close caption them. And it is so much fun because it Post shows caption. you. Yeah, like I posted. If you want to oh, go to yeah, the the Canadian big. I saw there was closed captioning, and I was like, <gasps> "There's closed captioning on Hawaiian casino too." And it's just That's like what, yeah, that too. Yeah, because when you see these things on Facebook, you know, unless you click it, you don't get volume. So I was just like scrolling through, and I was posting something, and uh, uh, it, it was just on silent, and it was just like it was a casino. A Hawaiian casino. <laughs> right and it was over. I don't even remember. It's just like, what the fuck is this thing? No, there's something odd about getting to read how you actually speak. That's what I thought. The Canadian big, when it started, I was like, oh, shit. I don't know how Hans did closed captioning. And then seeing m- me speak, like reading it, I was like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> All right. Do you have a let's get into it, it, baby. There's not a lot of casting that needs happen here because it's you and got, me. CP and narrator? Or so, uh, well, I guess I did make it too complicated. So the first part is the narrator and Confederate phone. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we come into the actual show where it says show start. And there's yep. a government official. And yep. uh, it's it's not, uh, what was the guy's name in Knight Rider? Michael Knight. This guy's Michael name's Knight, yeah. This guy's name's Mickey Moons. Uh, uh so it's mickey moons and confederate phone and then i won't spoil it but they get interrupted by something so i'll tell you what i'll play the narrator you play confederate phone to start okay and then i'll play mickey moons and you maintain the job of confederate phone and then i'll play the last character okay who's arlie is that Confederate phone? Oh, yeah. Sorry. I meant to change that to Confederate phone. Yeah. That's Arlie. That's fine. So the same. same thing. It's so you read same. anything that says CP, Confederate phone, and Arlie, and I'll do the rest. So Q. Be my best Southern drawl. But 
I, I don't know. Works. Southern drawl with computer affect. I don't know. Do your thing. I'm not doing a line reading because should I do? Should I just do straight computer? You can. Yeah. I'll try. I'll try and if, if I can mix. I. You've heard my Goldie Hawn. I don't. My range is very limited. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, so Q. The I. So obviously I had to listen to the Night Rider intro for this, and that song's fucking awesome pretty great right i don't know how good the show was i would imagine terrible but the if if a show's based on a theme and most in my mind are it's great oh, uh, i was funny that you say say that it's like i don't know if you you have seen the movie or not the guardians of the galaxy 2 i haven't there hasselhoff has a cameo in it of course as himself right but because they got him he also did a song for the movie, so I was reading like a an article about Guardians of the Galaxy, and they were interviewed. I was just like, Jesus Christ, fucking David Hasselhoff. He was talking about, of course, they asked him about Knight Rider because that's the era of David Hasselhoff they used in Guardians of the Galaxy. So they're asking about Knight Rider. He's like, Yeah, uh, well, I was on set. I was uh, I was talking to Chris. About like doing a reboot. I've been trying to do a reboot of Knight Rider for a while. Who's Chris? And that's Chris Pratt. Oh, jeez. Okay. Star of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep. <laughs> going by Chris, a little a little free and loose. A little close, yeah. Here. And he's talking, and I just in my head could see it like, you know, Chris Pratt in his like movie star chair, probably listening to whatever on his headphones and like Hasselhoff like saddling up next to him. Because what he said was, yeah, so I was talking to Chris on the set and talking about doing a gritty reboot of Knight Rider. Nothing jokey, nothing crazy, but like just action Knight Rider. I'm, in my head, I was like, I've seen enough fucking Knight Riders. It's a talking car. <laughs> right. There's no fucking, like, there's no need for it. There's no way. But I guess that's positive on our end because maybe old Hasselhoff is open to a, a real Playing reboot. Mikey Moon's? A Confederate phone reboot. <laughs> Mickey Mickey Moons has got its star. Mr. Mickey Moons. <laughs> Mr. Moons. Uh, <laughs> all right. Q Night Rider music now. Confederate phone. A somewhat questionable device to bring into a politically correct world where racial differences and gender norms are said not to exist. Mickey Moons, just a kid on a mission to right the wrongs of the wicked, the wrathful, and the... Wax. What? What did you say, Confederate phone? Black Ops Defenders. Oh, jeez. I thought you said, uh, well, never mind. Where was I? Oh, right. To right the wrongs of the wicked, the wrathful, and the... Wangsuckers! What? CP! Are you being hateful again? Wangsuckers? Is that a homophobic thing? You said it, not me. Hey, now! Stop it, R. Lee! Now. Now, stop. <laughs> now, in a world of criminals... Hey, wait. In a world... Don't... Don't you even, what? don't, what? don't, don't butt in with anything racist after I say criminals. And rapists. And rapists? Yes, criminals and rapists. All right, fine, sure. 
It's true that rapists are criminals as well. That's okay. So in a world of criminals and rapists... And Mexicans. Confederate phone! Yeah, that's so stupid. I can't wait to... <laughs> oh, it's so stupid. This is this has got classic JP written all over it, oh. where it's like, that's a lot of interrupting and a lot of... That's a lot of... Um, what am I trying to say? That's a lot of goodwill you're hoping the audience puts on you here. We, but, like, uh, we like to write quick, quippy exchanges... Delivery's rough, though. Uh, I mean, it has to be because that stuff's natural, and it's natural writing. <laughs> natural conversation is one of the hardest things to write. But it's in the books, baby. Now the show starts. Uh, let me think. Am I the government official? Uh, yeah, I'll be the government official and and do it. and moons. Mister Moons. What does a government official sound like? I can do. I'll try it. Go for it, Mister Moons. We feel that. You're the right man to handle this technology. It's a device so powerful that it can never instantly track criminal activity just by turning it on. That's amazing. But I don't think after my wife died, I mean, I just don't think I'm ready. M Mr. Moons, you must. There's a new underground organization, and they're taking over. Just try it out. Try Confederate phone. Fine. All right, how do I turn this thing on? Oh wait, here, here you, here, here it goes. Greetings, sir. How can I make your acquaintance? Um, jeez. I guess you and I are supposed to catch some bad guys. My name's Mickey Moons. I'm a former cop. Very well. I'm Robert E. Lee, but you can call me Arlie. All right, Arlie. So what now? Let's us catch some. I should, I should, uh, I should, I should put some, uh, yeah, exactly, some little <laughs> and super tall <laughs> and underwater fishing. <laughs> so long bleep, long bleep, interrupted. The fine folks at the National Broadcast Network regret to inform you that we will no longer be airing Confederate phone, as we found it to be less than progressive. Which goes against what we, as a, what are they, what are they? Which goes against what we, as a company, stand for. We mean, come on, we're not racist. We fired Trump, didn't we? And now, back to some of our regular and more wholesome programming. Like, white friends talk over coffee, perfectly strange foreigners, and Whipster, the shuckstering midget. Thought you'd get a oh, kick out of so that. Good. Whipster, <laughs> Whipster, <laughs> just shuckstering midget. Oh god, he's the guy we talked about earlier. That <laughs> I sp I made a meal for a buck fifty. You also ate everything else in the house. Shuckstering <laughs> midget, Whipster, Daniel Whipsters. Should we do it again. Southern, Southern on the phone. You want to Southern it, and we'll cold tag that one, and then you can add the. Effect if there's an effect for some sort of computery effect. Oh yeah, I'll on have to top of the southern. I, I might have to ask our other our real deal Williamsburg Confederate hipster to give me a computer effect. Henning, uh, you want to switch it up? You want to do Confederate phone? Heck yeah! Uh, so right. you're the narrator. 
I'm Confederate phone. You're you're Mickey Moons. I'm government official. And you're it's been spoiled already. You're representative of the channel. And cue sweet ass music now. Confederate phone, a somewhat questionable device to bring into a politically correct world where racial differences and gender norms are said to not exist. Mickey Moons, just a kid on a mission to right the wrongs of the wicked, the wrathful, and the... Blacks. What did you say, Confederate phone? Um, I mean, black ops defectors. Ah, jeez, that's what I thought you said. Never mind, where was I? Oh, right. To right the wrongs of the wicked and the wrathful and the... Wang suckers. What? Confederate phone? Are you being hateful again? Wang sucker? Is that some sort of gay thing? Boo-hoo, you said it, not me. All right, all right, all right. Stop it, Arlie, now. Going back. Now, in the world of criminals. And, uh, don't, 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 do not even, Arlie. What? Don't butt in with anything racist after I say criminals. And rapists. And rapists. What? Yeah, you know, criminals and rapists. Well, sure, of course, that's true. Rapists are criminals. That's fine. In the world of criminals and rapists. Mexicans. Confederate phone! What? I don't know that, that Confederate phone, man. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Talk about wang suckers. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Show, show starting. Back from commercial break. Is that me? Oh, yeah, it's me, isn't it? Mr. Moons, we feel that you're right, man. Oh, shit. All right. Mr. Moons, we feel that you're the right man to handle this technology. It's a device so powerful that it can near instantly track criminal activity just by turning it on. That's amazing. But I don't think, after my wife died, I don't think that I'm ready. Mr. Moons, you're the only man for the job. You must. There's a new underground organization, and they're taking over. Just try it out. We need you to try Confederate Phone. Fine. How do I turn this thing on? Oh, there it is. There you go. Greetings, sir. How can I make your acquaintance? I guess you and I are supposed to catch some bad guys. Name's Mickey Moons, former cop. Very well. I'm Robert E. Lee, but you can call me R. Lee. All right. So what now? Well, let's catch us some and a little bit of those, uh, you know, and some of those backwards hats wearing and, you know, some of those. The fine folks at the the National Broadcast Network regret to inform you that we will no longer be airing Confederate phone as we found it to be less than progressive, which goes against what we stand for. We mean, come on, we're not racist. We fired Trump, didn't we? And now back to some of our regular, more wholesome programming. White friends talk over coffee, perfectly strange foreigners, and Whipster, the shucksteriest midget. Shucksteriest. <laughs> he is. It's it's better than that uh what's that show? Different strokes different midget. different blacks. <laughs> different strokes i can't believe i still in my life as crazy as these sound that's exactly the shows they gave us yes webster yeah totally different strokes it's just so little children stunted by a 
physical deformity. But there's that. But then there's even like the underline, and it's not that underlined. It's uh, uh, that look at how great we white people are. We're helping. Like, really, isn't it? Like, the, like look at how these underprivileged was... people can't take care of themselves. That's true. Both of them were. Mr. Drummond was a rich white guy who lived in a penthouse. Was that his daughter or his niece? I never really watched that show. He gets him in, and then there's the show where a ex-football player and his lesbian wife take in a, a small old the, man. The shuckstering in midget. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Did you are you the one who sent me speaking of by the way we know that's spicy that's why it's only that word it's only in for the parody of showing how crazy those shows actually were but are you the one who sent me and the, now this transition makes me awful but that translates back to an old story we all know uh, obviously uh, nobody should be called anything they don't want to be called that you sent me like an article on how Peter Dinklage used to like have a kickass punk band no, I didn't. I didn't know that. That's news to me. Yeah, I love to put it on the vlog. Like, yeah, he was a front man for like this kick-ass '90s like Seattle punk band. That's it looks just like a band that would have been played in your like your guys' old Bedsty apartment. Basement, he's yeah. got like a ripped shirt and he's got like a skinned knee. Yeah, that's. I, it's funny that we, it can tie it back into what we were talking about earlier. He's uh, Baby I Bundy. Do- he's Baby Bundy. Sorry, oh, baby sorry. Bundy. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> now uh, he he's your enemy as well. Oh damn it! Now I got him, Joe Kenda. Who's after me? Uh, Brock Lesnar, Musk. Oh yeah, that's right. You made fun of Brock Lesnar. In trouble. Oh yeah, Conor McGregor. That was the other one. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's quite a crew. At that, we lived at a place that was address was eight forty two Myrtle. It was on Myrtle Avenue, the heart of like Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Like across the street from the Marcy Projects. So we got this sweetheart deal. I got like brought in and it was just a a frat house, animal house situation. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was like I, we were talking about earlier, one of those places you walk in and go, hey, I'm not going to eat anything here, but like <laughs> I'll go to the punk show in the basement. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was perfect time. Like, I, I love it. I don't think I never lived there, but I spent... A ton of time there. We had meetings there. I went to all those punk shows. I was always trying to speak of speak speak about uh, uh, shystering. Let's change it to shystering. I was always the one oh, who yeah. brought like a cheap bottle of whiskey and was trying to charge people. But like like I remember, I tried to pay for our our trip. We got we were in that Milwaukee oh, yeah, sketch we were fest. Host the sh- show. So I was like, we need gas money to get down there. So shit. I bought two of the cheapest bottles of rut got uh, gut rot whiskey and vodka and was trying to sell it for like three bucks. And it was the type of crustiest punk show that even that was like, I ain't got it, dude. And threw like a dime oh, at God, me. Oh God, that's right. Cause you and I ended up you and then my roommates who played the show. Cause they were the one who set it up. I think we played whiskey so train. A, we did. Honestly, we whiskey trained the cheap whiskey and I had to work the next day and woke up and realized I didn't have any, like, I had like hidden my keys in my wallet under my pillow. So I was so like blackout drunk. And I was like, I'll forget everything if I don't put it under my pillow. So I woke up late for fucking work Ugh. and just ran out of the apartment and then realized didn't have keys, didn't have fucking wallet, didn't have fucking anything. Same dirty clothes on I had the night before. 
those days, I mean, I, I'll, I, I don't want to give them, I wouldn't, I don't want them back, but I wouldn't give them up because that's just what makes you a character. But like the days when you wake up late for work, hungover late, probably still drunk when you wake up. Oh, like God, I, yeah. we used to live in Sunset Park and I worked in Manhattan. So when you, I'm talking the days, not you woke up, I'm running late for work. You woke up and you were supposed to be at work 10 minutes ago and you have to so, call yeah. and you're like, I'll be there. I'm getting a cab, which sucks because now that takes, uh, you know, a third of what I'm going to make today, but I'm taking a cab. I'm going to be there an hour late, which means I'm going to be behind the rest of the fucking day. I'm already hung over. God help you if your first cognizant thought, which was mine sometimes was, well, I better write this train and have a shot of Jameson. And then you oh, have that. God. So you're running behind and then you're like getting lit. Cause sometimes when you have that kind of hangover, it just takes one pop to like put you right back onto that you level. Feel good, baby. The best bartender in the city then. Oh yeah. Everybody's on the house then. Like you get so, I like you get so busy with work that you're like, I can't keep all these checks straight. So people are just not going to be paying for what they have. Like people would come yeah. up to you oh, with yeah. their bill and they'd be like, I think you missed like a bunch of stuff. And I'm like, oh, you're good. You guys were a great table. Don't forget to tip. And it's like, cause I couldn't remember what you had. It's like that time I went to that table and they asked, uh, they asked that other waitress, our friend, like, is your friend all right? And sure enough, I heard it over her shoulder. And I was like, I'm fine. I just got cerebral palsy. <laughs> Cause you'd work like a double. So you open the bar and then you're like, gotta have a couple while I'm there. Oh, oh, gotta go on the floor. That's easier than bartending. I better have a lot more. Oh God. And then if you work with the right bartender, which we had some there, it was like, they're going to make sure you get as tanked. Oh God. So many times. I remember one time I used to bar back there and, uh, as part of my bar backing duties, or I took on do Dr. Toilet. I've talked about it. I took on uh, duties yeah, that were oh above yeah. and beyond. So one time I was so drunk and I was drunk because like one, the bartender got me drunk, but I'm a bar back, you know, like it's like, what do I have to do? Clean ashtrays and shit like that. Yeah. Like out front, like it's nothing. So I can Mop be drunk. The bathroom. I of course was like too drunk because I started to like stumble, but I wasn't drunk enough to like fall asleep in the corner. But I got that drunk because the bartender and I were so sure that the boss wasn't showing up. And it's like that stomach drop as he walks through the door and you're just like, fuck. So you try and act sober real quick. And I think now in retrospect, he knew how lit I was. So he's like, hey, Hans, um, we were talking about we got to hang like we had to hang like a set of like heavy ass deer antlers or something. Yeah, they're so like I 70 had, pounds. Yeah, he's like, so let's just take care of that tonight. So I have to like prop this ladder like tediously on a thing and try and come up this ladder with like this thing. And I was like, uh. and I literally hung it over like a entryway to like the bathroom. So the next day, of course, like after being like, what happened last night? I was like, oh, my God. I just hung like a 70 pound set of sharp <laughs> antlers over a walkway that's like literally on like a bent nail, like somebody's going to die. So of course I had to go in, but sure enough, I went in and I was like, damn, I did a pretty, sometimes you surprise yourself when you're in a stay. I was like, focused. this is, this is like, wonderful work. I, I, you have to work twice as hard. Yeah. Cause you're like, I'm fucking drunk. I can't fuck this up. And it's like, oh, hey, yeah. that me the whole time. Gives you a little focus. No wonder I can drive better with a few. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> oh, what else? Speaking of toilet, I got to go do some toilet work today. Yeah. 
Yeah. Toilet you, duties. Toilet dudes. Got a. I don't know what I what is, what is on the old agenda. Something about fixing a dryer. Like I should know how to do that. Oh God. Taking a drum out of a dryer or something. That takes expertise. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I. I don't know. Uh, again, broken record. It's like. I don't want to say no, and in my not saying no, I make things... It's like a full house episode waiting to happen. By not fessing up and saying no, or not even fessing up because you didn't do anything wrong, by not saying, like, this is beyond my capabilities, I'll take apart a dryer, and it'll never work again. again. (laughs) It'll just be a metal box. Exactly. You're just going to have to get a a baby Bundy in there to blow hot air onto the towels. (laughs) Well, it's like going back to that apartment, like literally living inside of a Peter Dinklage's punk rock band album. Like we would do like DI, they would, they would do, I just happened to live there, DIY fucking shows in our basement. And they are the two, were the two rootinest, tootinest Texans you ever met in your life. Oh, yeah. They'd fight for you tooth and nail, but. Oh yeah, the type of guys who who uh, get drunk and like want to like duke it out, and we had in the basement where they do the shows. There was an old, and this perfectly sums up the space. There was an old washer and dryer because when they had moved in, the landlord bought a new unit, had the stuff sitting in the basement, and just it never got taken away. Right. So I remember when I first moved in, it was just sitting down there, not used for anything. So they were like. They would do this thing where they'd throw footballs. Oh yeah! Throw the football oh yeah! Across the basement and try and like quarterback, ace quarterback, throw it in the drum of the dryer. So it was like all hours of the night, just chung, <laughs> chung, chung. And, and at like, least you oh, lived yeah. upstairs, right? Because Mitch lived yeah. under the stairs, right next to it. Mitch lived in the dryer. <laughs> Uh, they do that, and so like that was like, oh, the, they're fucking getting loaded tonight, you know. Like they would rehearse down there, and then it would just devolve into like getting drunk. And we should drop night- the name. We should drop the name. I know they're not in the band anymore, but you could probably find their music online. It was good. What was the name of their band? Like the Whiskey Hogs uh, or something? T H R. T H R. The fuck, I forget what it is. Stanford. I had their. I had. Uh, they gave me one of their albums, or like what, a little taster, or whatever you call those, forty fives or something. Damn, uh, THR. Mitch will know it. Mitch will post it. have to text Mitch. Uh, so, yeah, like you would hear that, and you just hear ruckus because they would always get into a fight with the drummer because he yeah. lived in New Jersey, so he had to drive and lug his stuff, and they're always like, you're holding this back, man. Like They're always like that total band dynamic. Was, wait, just was this like, the brother that like slept with his his brother for like – Six months, like in the same. No, like, no, yes, yeah. There was the the weird California brothers. Yeah, like brothers that are and like that's not a slur. Like I'm not saying like that's my backhanded slang for gay guy. California brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a couple. That's a that's a that's a oh, case. Brothers. That's a Casey Cat call. <laughs> Trump toot grizzard grizzard grunt or Casey Cat call. Look at those California under. brothers over there. Sounds like something Hulk Hogan would say on a sex tape. <laughs> yeah. It's the show after Whipster, the Shucks, Chuck's Jivious Midget. <laughs> California Brothers. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, it's like the OC. Uh, um, what was I going to, where were we going on that? I, I totally oh, I was just derailed say, So you. they were always like oh. fighting. So you'd always hear noise and y- you get used to the, the fucking football toss. 
Right. Then one night it just sounded it was like it was like they're gonna die. Someone's gonna fucking someone's dead. Like they're killing each other. And I go down and what started as the football toss turned into mocking of the one guy who when he had a few drinks in him, oh boy, just when he got a hair in his ass, like I was talking with Mitch and we were just laughing and talking about them. Just to give backstory on this guy, he was this type of guy who liked to get loaded and wanted to fight but couldn't. Oh, no. So yeah. Mitch was out drinking with him one night, and you know they were getting loaded, going to a couple bars. Uh, our roommate got up to go to the bathroom, and a guy across the bar stood up and walked over to Mitch and went, can you tell your friend to stop fucking winking at me? Oh, Jesus. Mitch <laughs> is like, oh, okay, what? So he comes back, and he's like, are you like, what were you doing? He was like, Oh, I was just a uh, wink and looked at the guy, winked at him. I was like, just winking at him. I wanted to fucking start some shit. <laughs> <laughs> so he just go to a bar, like just try to fucking start something. So that guy, they were like mocking him, mocking and mocking and mocking him. So he just started to beat the washing machine with a hammer, like a sledgehammer. Mm, they remember. stole from an yes. MTA work site. God, so then that became the new game is like, let's all get drunk and beat up a piece of machinery like we're fucking orcs. That's like, that's just our lives, huh? We always end up devolving into these weird dark basements with weird destructive, like they're pre, like people pay premium money now to go into rooms and just break shit. It's called like uh, a yeah. stress rooms or something like that. You just go in like and they have a bunch of stuff set up and you just get a bat and you just get to break shit. Sounds fun, but it's insane. That's just like, talk about uh, that show, White Friends Talking Over Coffee. It's like, yeah. we're so privileged, we have to pay to wallow, if you will, destroy, yeah. yeah. When, when we first moved to New York, was was there a reality show that was just literally like Barbarian Brothers Deconstruction and it was just three beefy guys who would basically just break a house with their bare hands i don't remember it i don't remember it maybe it was a fever dream you had no it was a real show and it was just like these beefy dudes and the premise was they actually worked for like a you know a demo house or like a demo company so like that was the hook it sounds like a vice show are you, you know, sure like, you're not thinking of like there's like a there was a thing in the 80s where that was hunky like const- like Diet Coke guy like construction work was hunky so there's a sh- there was a movie that I love it's called The Money Pit with Shelley Long and Tim Honks yeah. and uh they uh 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 so there's a scene where they finally get these guys they they agree to a contract and the guys come in and they're like the one guy who's the foreman's goes at it boys and the the hot 80s music starts and this like sexy group of like hunky guys in plaid shirts with like the arms ripped off like have oh, all these yeah, sledgehammers yeah. and come and like demo this house to like cool rad like 80s, 80s. music yeah no this was real because it was like <laughs> when when ashley and i visit her mom like we watch a lot of like home and garden tv okay because it's just like, oh sure just watch and it's nice. They fix a house. So I know some of the lingo, but in this show, it was literally like a home and garden show. Oh, I believe except that. They then. were like roided out bros and they'd be like, yo, so this here, you see this? This is a load bearing beam. And then he goes, hoo, 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 and like football tackles the wall. 
until he can't physically do it anymore. And the other guys are like mocking him. And they're like, I'll show you how it's done. And the guy lifts like a washer and dryer and just throws it through a window. The Bash Bros. It was. And I don't know. I Let- can't imagine it was more than an episode long. Let me see. No, I'm now that you say it's on like Home and Garden Network, I'm sure it was a show. Real quick, Meg, what was what is that show that we like on Home and Garden where it's or HGTV or whatever where it's a husband and wife and they Chip and Joanna game? Chip and yeah, Joanna, yeah. Chip and Joanna and Chip is a what is it called? It's called Fixer Upper. Fixer Upper and oh, Chip is good. the construct it's a great show. Chip's a goofball. And uh, but there's one where he does that with like he's like this is a load bearing wall <laughs> or no he goes this he does something where it's like a post or a beam and he's like we need to get rid of this beam but we did the research and it's uh it's it's safe it's not load bearing so he takes a sledgehammer to it oh, and God. knocks it out and basically it like the entire top of the house should have fallen on everybody in there and crushed them. But like they had like a different platform like set. So like the roof of the house just like, or the top of the house just falls and like just one side of it catches this like support beam oh, that they God. had set up for something else. Like a, um, what do you call it? Like the platform that you get up on the scaffolding. Oh, so scaffolding, it catches that. Yeah. And it's just like, and he's like, Oh, okay. Run. But, Run. Yeah. It's so crazy. That shit, uh, you get sucked into that shit because I could never do any of it. I just don't have that uh, carpentry ability. But yet you're being asked, you're, you're being asked to do that though. Fix this dryer, huh? Oh yeah, oh there you go. For me. I I saw it. Yeah, you're right. You just showed the the absolute absurdity of my life because I just, without even thinking about a way I make a chunk of my income, is supposed to do exactly that. And without thinking, I just said, I have no business ever <laughs> attempting any of that. And with that, that's where I have to go right now to do some of that, to go get that load-bearing beam. And pray there's always a trestle there to save you. I'm more accustomed to gym beam. <laughs> I got to stop doing my hand to the side mouth. Uh. <laughs> All right, anything else on your end? No, not really. We got two Confederate phones in, a Grizzly, grizzly Grant, a Trump then, toot. Uh, work on that. Uh, we got a Henning Honk coming next week, of course. H Honk. No, I'll take some notes and bring some stuff. All right. I'll have a body farm by next week, and then I'll do my Grizzard, which we've heard and was excellent. We've already heard. It was a wonderful uh, grunt bio. I can't have do have you done it yet? Not that I'm calling you out. You've yet to do it, right? No, no, no. It's his life is. uh, I can't wait till you've. I I can't wait for you to do it. Perfect. All right. How do we end it? Go (laughs) suck an egg. I don't remember. I love that line. It's so perplexed perplexed me from Dick Tracy. It was something like suck an egg. We we something sex like leave the money on that table. Oh, yeah, it was. Which isn't it? even the like same. Hookers Just leave the money on the out. table. What are we, in a dr- dining room? <laughs> We're doomed. Oh, that's it. Doomed. Trump tweet, grizzard Trump. Now we're doomed. <laughs> Those aren't words. <laughs> All right. Jerk practice, jerk practice, sketch boys love to reminisce, yeah.
it was, Episode 62. Trump Toot, Grizzard Grunt, or Casey Catcall. I am Arlie's California brother. Rate and write a review of the podcast, they have also threatened me with more episodes of Whipster if I do not tell. You can call me Labasura, Sewer Person, or Anna Honda. Basie Casey and Dr. Toilet are holding me against my will. You to also try have a good night court, their other podcast, please do not feed me more tongue skin, please. They are forcing me to eat Ohio nachos and bones and snakes. Please go to jerkpractice.com and at jerkpracticepod on Facebook. They said it will only get worse if I do not ask you just guzzling country men and women to subscribe, share. We love you and there's nothing you can do about it. Do 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 call the police. Rate and write a review of the podcast, they have also threatened me with more episodes of Whipster if I do not tell. You to also try have a good night court, their other podcast, please do not feed me more tongue skin, please. Please go to jerkpractice.com and at jerkpracticepod on Facebook. We love you and there's nothing you can do about it. Do, do, do call the police. Up next, it's your favoriteest is Chuck D. Whipster. Then be sure to get folked, poked in the funny bone by piercing dads at 7.30 and a double dose of Day DMV at 8. And the series premiere of JPP's hottest new show, California Brothers at 9. Be sure to stay tuned for the 10 o'clock racist news with Tootley Trump and Grizzly Grunts. Great news. Sit, Raspberry. Sit. Hi, Rebel. Good boy.